Hello and welcome to the very first Mondo DR podcast. Now today we're going to be chatting to Rog Mogal and Alex Scan from Void Acoustics. In the podcast we will be covering um, how the company began, how Alex and Rog met, um, what they got up to when they were younger, what music influenced them, influenced the company and also the future plans and what lies ahead for Void. Let's get started. Um, Alex and Rog, do you want to tell me a bit about your background, how you first got into the audio industry? Well, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I mean, I've always loved audio from from a very, very young age. I, I don't think, you know, you pick a career in life. I think it picks you and like audio and sound picked me. And it's, it's just given me all the tools to do the best job, you know, that needs to be done for the world. So, yeah, it's not something I actively woke up one day and went, oh, I want to do sand. It's something, you know, even at two, three years old, I was like drawing circles on boxes and make, making them look like speakers and connecting them to other boxes and metal players with, with like string and things like this. So, you know, I, I could hardly walk at that age, but I could, I could, you know, wire up speakers and things. I just instinctively knew how to do it. And I recall my dad was very much in his electronic hobbyist. He was into electronics. This would be back in the early 70s. He, he worked for a, um, a computer company in those days. It was a bit different from what you understand the computer company. But he had a whole room for just full of electronic projects. And he had a whole room full of photography. He was very much a, much a hobbyist. Yeah. So I would... I was a, a only child and very curious, so I'd go in this room and play with things. Um, and he wired up the whole house for sound, so there's audio cables going throughout the house. He had separate hi-fi units. Um, we had a reel-to-reel, we used to record things on it. He had a quite a, a big record collection, so he used to record different tracks for, from that. So that it was always a desire and a, a, and a passion. Um, and obviously, as as time went on, and I get to listen to more and more music, um, and the whole the dance thing came came into the into the UK. That just really tagged on to what was a, a big interest already. All right, so you touched on a bit there um, about your music taste and about the specifically dance music that got you interested in the audio industry so talk to me about some of the clubs and also some of the music that really got you thinking and inspired your career it's never a club has not inspired me to for the look of of void or or how i go about designing i mean it was obviously it needed doing no one did it it's what why the company was formed really because you know me and alex were walking into clubs and They'd spent millions on the decor. You know, even lights were starting to look really quite kind of sexy and artistic and different. And the speakers were just really horrible black boxes just hidden in a corner. And I just thought, nah, there's there's another element. There's something missing here. Someone's missing a trick. So it was really to 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 make beautiful works of art make sound. That's what where voids come from. That's what, what we live for. So in, in some respects, we now you know, clubs will style themselves selves around, you know, our speaker systems. So so we've almost dictated to the market how it goes. You know, it's not acceptable anymore to have a crap looking sound system. I mean yes, clubs clubs inspired me musically and and to have a good time. I mean, I I did ooh, in Bournemouth and, and on the south 
you know, coast of England, I probably did 25, 26 uh, rental systems to clubs uh, back in like 88, well, 89, I think I started from. Yeah. Um, at the time, you would go to a club and it would be really, really just boring. And it was just people dancing around handbags. It was all very, very smart and everyone had nice shoes. And it was just, you know, and bouncers gave you a hard time to get in. And I just thought, this is just, this is just not really good, really. So then Acid House came along and that completely changed it. You wore what you wanted. No one gave you a hassle to get in and, and you just got in there and you just went mad and you had the best time ever. And it, you know, but the systems at the time, when the first Acid House clubs were opening in 89 and late 88, um, had really bad sound systems. It would just be like 12-inch woofer with a piezo because, you know, requirements for audio were not high before that. It was all, all about really being seen on a dance floor, not having a good time on a dance floor. I, th I think, from my perspective, there wasn't. There was no, oh, wow, this is a brilliant club, club. It was all about the experience. And, you know, I, I went to a lot of different venues, but it was more about... Um, it was definitely about the, the music and the freedom and the attitude more than the actual venue. The venue was just like the canvas, as it were, for the painting. So I think we all really enjoyed that new way of enjoying ourselves and thought, wow, this is this is something new and exciting and great and want to be part of it. And how, how, can, how can we make it better? I think that, that's the, the way I would... If there was an influence, it was an influence in in culture change more than anything else. All right, so let's now hear a bit more about how you both met. Where did that all begin? <laughs> I don't think Roger remembers. <laughs> oh, in a field somewhere. <laughs> I got involved in doing a um, uh, an event. Part of the event was um, um, there was bands and DJs playing at the event, and at the time Roger was in a uh, band called Tone Death and somebody said oh yeah um, Roger might be into playing at this event so I, I went round with somebody new and, uh, and literally woke him in, while he was in his bed. So what happened is for me started like getting into acid houses and uh, acid house parties and doing the sound systems for them like full time. Um, I was moved up to London and I was doing Universe, uh, just you name it, all the big raves, all some of the M25 ones, I was there and doing systems for them. So I was really, really part of, of the start of the whole scene, which, yeah, I totally love, really, because like like I said before, it, it, it had to change where, where the club sat and the whole rigmarole of it all was just, just not in a very good place. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would get up in the morning and I, and I would even, like, wash my teeth in an acid house style. It was really interesting how that culture filtered through to everything that, that we, that artistically, that, that we, we, we done. So you really felt part of um, something quite phenomenal. Another fact that not a lot of people know is, is that I got a suspended uh, sentence for doing acid house parties. I'm one of only five people in the world to have, to have got a... A, a, a stretch of you know a suspended sentence for for doing acid house parties that's that's how much i was in it <laughs> right okay so you've definitely had some adventurous times together there then so when you when you made when you started void what was the the main aim for the company what what did you want to achieve give people a break from their from their daily lives where they can just go out 
let their hair down, go wild and just have a good time. And just, I used to think, you know, music changes or can change everything or music can change someone. I don't think so. What I think music does is it can put you in a space where you're able to learn new things. And it's because of that that you change. So I think what we do is we give people an experience and we work really hard to make sure it's really immersive experience for everyone on the dance floor and it, it does bring people together and it does put you in a place where you can learn and, and, and become a better person hopefully so yeah our goal has always been to turn people on and if they can look at something nice while they're doing it it's a double whammy everyone wins the reason we're successful because what, what we thought was the right thing to do is actually the right thing to do that's probably the best way to describe it, it we, we didn't have anyone to give us any advice or either business wise or commercially we just made it all up ourselves and we were very lucky that we got it right. Um, looking back on it now, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I would say, again, it, it, it does you and, and the company did us. It, it gave us everything and it, it really showed us the way. You've just got to be open as a person, to, you know, to receive what it wants from you and, it, and you'll get it. And so me and Alex are just lucky that we're quite receptive and open people and, and we're up for doing what it wants of us. And it's used us quite well. I like it. So I guess this question is a bit more targeted at you, Rog. Um, where do you get the ideas from for your, for your designs of, the, of your products? Because some of them are, you know, really quirky, totally different to what you'd usually see from a loudspeaker. It's actually a really good question, and it's one I've actually never been asked. Where do you get the inspiration of what you come up with? I don't know. It's just like when when it's the same question to an artist. It's got a blank canvas in front of him. You get some paints out, and then something forms. I just I don't know where it comes from out there. I think it's it already exists. It's almost like sculpting. I'm just pulling away, you know rock and things like that and then what's left is it and that is the purest way of doing it because it's always existed it it needs it's just used me to make it happen it's always been there it's it needs it i do think it's really interesting to hear about where people get their inspirations and ideas from because a lot of the time people talk about it being like a subconscious thing and they'll make a link between things that they've seen outside or what have been some of the best projects that you've worked on? Any installations? Anything that's really stood out for you during your career? I mean, some of the we did some big culture clashes for Red Bull. We did the 2012 and we did the 2014, and the, the 2014 was massive. That was one of the last uh, shows to be held in Earl's Court, oh, cool. and uh, yeah, there was uh, over 20,000 people you know, in, in the audience, and, and I was at, at the helm mix in one of the stages. There were four stages. And, uh, yeah, that, that was brilliant to do that. I, I, I still like to keep my hand in, you know, doing mixing as well in front of the house. Yeah. And I still write music. I'm, I'm, I'm more busy now than I ever have been. I, I'm, I'm working on four or five remixes as we talk. I'm writing a new album. Wow. I, you know, I have to... You can't design something and not know what gets you to that point you know you need to know the microphone you need to know how to play the guitar you need every part if you're really going to do this 100 percent and and make a difference of what you do well i think after about six seven years we both realized we achieved the goal was to make a successful business so at that point everything then becomes a bonus so you know the the fact that we still keep 
moving forward every day in itself is is a highlight it's like and you and you have to keep looking back to realize the way you've come from to where you are and you know, it's still from humble beginnings and uh, you think well okay we're doing all right <laughs> i think i think there was just an idea and uh, and some inspiration that started it um obviously and anything sit in front of a big voice system in any scenario is just brings a big smile to your face how we've changed people's lives like employees as well and people that work for us and you know what, what we've brought to them and, and and we've made their lives and we've improved improved their lives as well and it's just really good to be able to give to people back on that level as well it's you know that's things i never thought would happen like on, on a business level but yeah yeah i mean we've we've got we've got people um in our business and you know we're, we're we're some of the old roger and i are some of the older people in the business but when you see new people coming to the business you know young young people like you know the newest person just employed he's 21 years old and to see that energy enthusiasm love walking in the door um is is really really quite inspirational yeah that must be a really great feeling for you especially when you're seeing younger people come in and and you're training them up and they're doing really well. So I know that's something that a lot of our readers will want to know is what have you got planned for the future? What's next for Void? Have you got anything exciting that you want to talk about that's happening this year or just any sort of goals for the next few years? I hope I'm all right to say this. I, I don't see anyone else thinking like where we're going to take it. And it really is revolutionary and it's very different you can once we've come up with this this way of delivering sound you can only ever make it smaller sound better or, or or you know or cost less but you can't actually change the fundamental fundamental that it is the holy grail it's exactly what you want to happen we're so far away from it at the moment we really are the basic fundamentals of 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 sounds and how you reproduce it um there hasn't been much uh, in in terms of change since since early talking cinema to to present day, with a few exceptions. Um, the introduced introducing the development of electronics has been the and software has been the more recent uh, revolutions in what we do. Um, uh, but it's things like uh, audio theory hasn't still hasn't changed in any way, and and. Or the wheel is still round, if you like. There's no the, the, the way you transmit sound hasn't fundamentally changed in any way in the, in the way you do it. Yeah, you make it a bit more efficient and, and cheaper and lighter, but that those haven't really changed. And that that'll be the next the next big revolution in what we do will be you you do it a completely different way. How can we how can we work in the current current way? What what do people want? What what should we be doing about it? How do we adapt? How how can we come up with, with a solution to, to to problems? So just yeah. constantly constantly reinventing ourselves as well, and not and not stagnating as a business. Like oh, this is how we've always done it. Okay, let's how about we do it a different way? Uh, how about you know we we don't we don't use a loudspeaker. How about you you, you use a dustbin lid? You know it's it's a constant re-evolving and re-examination of who we are and the way we do it. Yeah, we just want to in innovate and inspire. 
and just more of that for the future and just yeah see where it goes uh, it's been a hell of a ride and i love it <laughs> yeah also, one bit, yeah, no also trying to guess what people want before, before before they've actually got it as well right so that's that's the real big leap at the moment people people who make things tend to get tend to like well, yeah, this is the same thing you had before, but looks a bit more core, or it's this with a bit more knobs on. But it, here's a whole new thing you'd never even thought it could even exist. That's where we like to be going. I just want to say a massive thank you again to Alex and Rog for joining me on the first ever Mondo DR podcast. Now, please look out for the full interview in our May-June issue, which will be coming out soon. And yeah, thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll get to chat to you very soon.